For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. in the fight game. Hello everyone, this is Charles Yao with Believe in the Fight Game on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and every sport in LA and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? Hey, it's Charles here with Believe in the Fight Game. This is the first episode where... With the height of mixed martial arts exploding, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover the roots of mixed martial arts. In other words, just boxing, just jujitsu, just Muay Thai. And of course, once in a while, I will be talking about mixed martial art fights. But there's so much shows out there that um, are of high quality. I want to go ahead and go back and concentrate on the roots. So for today... Uh, this episode is going to be covering the article that Allie Watkins wrote for the New York Times, and the article is entitled, How New York City Lost Boxing. And this is a really big, significant issue in regards to the preservation of boxing. Now, this show will be covering mainly jiu-jitsu people because it's the evolution and it's a subculture that's slowly blowing up. And my main goal with jiu-jitsu is to hopefully have it be as big as the NBA. There's people who play at Venice Beach. There's the athletes like Gordon Ryan, Keenan Cornelius. And then there's also the soul surfers like myself who are just hobbyists and train and just love it. But a lot of people will forget about boxing because boxing seems to be more of the tangent that comes from the rougher edge. A lot of people normally prefer jujitsu because you can just tap without getting hit in the face getting hit in the face is a really big issue in the sense of how your psyche works but if you think about it in jujitsu you take a look at how much injury that it applies to people who practice the art and when I used to train in Muay Thai Back in the 90s at the Muay Thai Academy, I also trained at Sidio Tong LA under crew Walter Michalowski. I barely got injured. Now, once in a while, I would get knocked, but not knocked out. I would get a contusion in the ball of my feet. Once in a while, I'd have a sore knuckle. Once in a while, I'd try to check a kick and it would hurt my shin quite a bit, or if not, the bottom of my knee. But really, jiu-jitsu or any art where you're manipulating the body can be just as much injurious. But that's the fatal fate of what I'm learning about boxing and striking, even people who train in Muay Thai. Right now, it's really cool for you to train in Muay Thai because people are satiated by just hitting the pads. Same thing with boxing. When people say, oh, I box, and you just hit the speed bag a banana bag, which is at least six feet in height, an average of about 150 pounds. And you say, 
oh yeah, I'm doing kickboxing. I'm doing Muay Thai. I'm doing boxing. I box. But really you're not. You're, you're primarily concentrating on one aspect of striking, albeit Muay Thai, kickboxing, or boxing. Because the critical part about boxing is sparring. And then there are levels to that. Obviously, the competitive level is the highest plateau, right? Where you spar with 90% intensity. And there's people who spar at about 50. The ties do a great preservationist method where people spar anywhere from 20 to about 40%. But we're talking about boxing as a hobbyist where you spar at about 60%. Boxing is a way to protect yourself in the street and looking for boxing as a way to come up as a career. New York has such a great reputation. I mean, FX even had a show on boxing which didn't last long in the early 2000s, but, but even that became an early sign of what's to come, which is jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts. So in this article right now, Ali Watkins talks about the exact binary number of how there's been so much droppage in gyms that are certified. And this is audio, by the way, that is grabbed from the Luke Thomas show on Sirius XM. So here's Allie Watkins talking about the decreasing amount of boxing gyms in the city of New York. No, you know, we, we actually did get some numbers on that that I, I don't think made the final cut of the story. But back in the, in the late 80s, uh, back when amateur boxing was kind of at its height, the U.S. amateur boxing had over 100 clubs registered within the five boroughs in New York. And now they're down to 41. So that's a very big drop. If you think about it, though, in decades amount, you would think boxing would increase, right? I remember Manny Pacquiao in the 2000s getting some play on HBO after winning his first two, three matches that I saw. Wildcard boxing was packed. And these are the people, again, who are hobbyists like myself, who just hit the bags, hit the speeding bags, the double-end bags. But the one difference between me and them is I used to spar, though very lightly. And a lot of people really found it to be exhausting. Because once you start hitting a bag, once you start hitting pads, you think, like, oh, well, this person doesn't punch back. But the moment you spar... You start breathing heavy. I remember sparring with a southpaw. For those of you who don't know what a southpaw is, is where they lead with their right hand and their power punch is their left hand. And I fought as an orthodox where I lead with my left hand and my power punch is my right. Though technically I'm a lefty and that's another story. But when you get into boxing, you will find yourself tired. You will find yourself mentally burnt in the moment. And there's no way you can just tap because you're relegated by three minutes. And again, let me emphasize, I'm not posing that I was a tough guy, but I am stating that I did box and sparred at anywhere from 30 to 50% level. And that was already overwhelming. So the fact that there's only 41 gyms registered in New York, that's a big drop. For any of you that does not have an idea of how New York was, it was really synonymous for New York to have that rough and tumble and then check out a boxing gym. It's kind of like 
in in the early 90s when you go to the Muay Thai Academy in the San Fernando Valley, you smelled the Bengay right away. And that's how it was in New York. As I drove and would occasionally visit New York, the intensity was definitely high because those are actual boxing gyms where you actually spar. And the next part, Ali Watkins answers the question, where have all the boxers gone? So we'll see what she has to say regarding that matter. Nowhere that we've been able to find, honestly. I mean, a lot of them have closed up shops. Some of them have gone out towards Long Island. Um, but w- from what we've been able to find, I mean, if a gym that's functioning in, in Flatbush for a long time in Brooklyn or something picks up and moves to Long Island, you don't have a lot of people who are going to make that trip. You know, that, that's a solid two-hour train ride to get out that way. Um, and and the, the program ultimately was, was serving young kids. Um, you know, most of them under 18 and under 21. So, so to make that trip on, on, at, on the kind of schedule that a competitive boxing career would require is almost impossible. So that's where I personally feel it leads to where the development of jiu-jitsu is. Not a lot of people want to get punched in the face. People are starting to realize there is a practical culture of instantly sparring without getting, getting punched, elbowed, or kneed. Catching a shin to your thigh. That's where the development and allure of jiu-jitsu is. Also, when you start your first lesson in jiu-jitsu, it's an overwhelming feeling. And either you want out or you go, you know what, I want to get better at this. I can't figure out this math, but I want to learn and figure out this math. And that's where boxing, I feel, is starting to lose its essence. Because... There's also a, an aesthetic martial culture behind when you see people in a gi. Now, there's also a good faction of no-gi practitioners. I don't know whether if it's 50-50 or if it's 70% no-gi practitioners or 60% gi practitioners. But there is a good faction and a good divide and even split maybe even between people who train in the gi or no-gi. And that's... The lead-in to where with boxing, a lot of people still think that you could train in it and then continue on with your life. But that's where jiu-jitsu has taken over. Jiu-jitsu at a point has a lot of kids. It's co-parenting. It's almost cohabitating in the gym together with a parent and a child or a parents or parents and children. And here's where Allie Watkins talks about boxing for kids and their development. You know, I think, I think people who see boxing just as a sport are glad that it's not around anymore. You know, for someone who watches a ring and just sees two people pummeling each other for eight rounds, sure, they think it's a bad thing, brain injuries, which, you know, arguably is an important conversation to have. But within the boxing community, particularly the amateur youth boxing community, this was never just a sport. This was not just a, a way for kids to have pipe dreams of professional athletic ambitions, right? Like this was a place for them to go and a place for them to have, to, to meet people and socialize and to, to give them structure. And, and particularly the main character of our story, Price Taylor, he, he spoke pretty openly with us about like, he didn't have much guidance. He wasn't really sure where his life was going. And, and this, to find boxing gave him the structure. You know, he had somewhere he had to be morning, noon, and night. He had to be in bed at a certain time. He had to 
be certain places on the weekend. And, and to provide that kind of structure for kids um, was is, is almost invaluable. Uh, we, had, we had a really great conversation with one of the cops and kids um, leaders that unfortunately didn't make it into the final cut. But he was saying, you know, the success stories in this program aren't necessarily kids who go into professional boxing. They're the kids who become doctors and lawyers or who just go on to college or or get a good full-time job. It was so much more than a sport. So that's where I feel things are starting to matriculate. Respectfully towards Allie Watkins, she needs to realize also that this is an art form where it's now leading towards jujitsu. That's where jujitsu has now taken over. And then Ali will answer the question, like, does it feel like New York is losing itself? New York used to be this, boxing was kind of this this traditional history that New York fostered in, in some of its hardest neighborhoods. Um, and, and you could probably put anything in boxing's place and just say, oh, as the city changes, this tradition disappears. But it does feel that, like this authentic thing that you lose in a place like New York that has this rich history of, of the Jake Lamadas and the Sugar Rays. And um, it, it is kind of sad. And that's where I feel preservationists of boxing are very much needed because it's an integral part of mixed martial arts. It, it's a way if you decide just to hit the bags to where you feel good about yourself, you improve your health, your cardio, and it feels like there's a visceral release because we're all human beings in certain points, in, in whatever feudal time our ancestors have lived, they've had to defend their homes, whether if it's via community versus community, if someone tries to break into your house, or it's just strictly a fight between you and someone else that's offending a family member. And that's where jujitsu has come in. Jiu-jitsu is way more expensive. There's schools that charge at $250 a month for training. And boxing gyms are, are what, no more than $100? There's boxing gyms that charge about like $80 to this day, which is still expensive, but if you compare it to jujitsu, I know gyms that charge up to $275 if you include boxing and jujitsu. So it's interesting how everything's traversing and matriculating towards grappling. But please check out the New York Times with Allie Watkins' article on how Boxing is dying in New York. It's a great, interesting read. And this is our first episode with Believe in the Fight Game with yours truly, Charles Yao. Thanks for tuning in to the show. And please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E dot com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.